Hello, and welcome back to Unmask, the show where we get to unmask the truth behind your favorite artists and entrepreneurs. I hope that it's a welcome back, because that would mean that you haven't missed any of our previous amazing guests, which, if you have, please go check them out. I promise you will not regret it. We've had some amazing people on with some amazing stories and journeys from all walks of life, so go check them out, please. Also, if you haven't already, please follow us on social media. The support means more than I can ever explain. We're on everything from Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, X, Facebook, pretty much everything that I could physically think of at Unmasked with Alex. And if you have a friend that you think might be interested in one of the episodes, please share it with them. You never know who can connect to what person or what journey or anything like that. So please share the show. Yes. (laughs) Thank you guys. Today I have an interesting one. Um, I know that I've talked to a singer before, but this person today, she is a multifaceted artist um, specializing in singing, music creation, DJing, She's just a very well-rounded artist, and I think you'll you'll like the conversation that we have. It's definitely different than most of the conversations I've had, but in a good way. There's definitely a lot of deepness, and um, I wouldn't call it generic by any sense, so you have that to look forward to. So, I'll stop rambling on. Without further ado, I give you Satori, or Alias, as she goes by for her... uh, DJ and singing name. I've been. I've been. I've been unmasked. 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 I'll do ASMR. <laughs> There's been like four people that I tried. These aren't like the perfect mics to do ASMR, which I wish. Like. I mean, they're condenser mics though, so condensers are known to be able to pick up like really good sound, especially like. Well, this is, I can see that this is a cardioid microphone, which means that the sound pickup signal goes, it goes like, it's like around, but it's also like, yeah. so it goes from here and then around. That's okay, because I, I thought it was like a two-way microphone, because I tried doing some of the interviews backwards, oh. and because I thought this side was also picking up sound, but when I look, when I listen back to the audio, I'm like, why does it sound so like muffled and unclear? Yeah, it's because it's not... It's not um, that's they call them bidirectional microphones or yeah. um or like or infinity I don't know like it's kind of like an infinity thing yeah or or sometimes like multi-directional microphones will be bigger on one side but smaller on the other side okay it just depends on like how the plates are on the inside the diaphragm of the condenser I don't know jack shit about audio or microphones <laughs> I literally my my specialty is not in the audio of this like I am not yeah, a sound no, that's engineer okay. I'm not. <laughs> Like, I cannot be like, oh, you should get that. Like, people ask me, like, oh, what kind of stuff should I get for podcasts? I'm like, I literally went on Amazon and searched podcast microphone and bought a little kit off of there. My specialty, I will fully admit, is nothing in the technical Honestly, aspect. it doesn't really matter, like, what kind of microphone you get. You could even get, like, a nice dynamic microphone. Um, but it's really just about, like, the EQ at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, do you know how to EQ? A tiny bit, not enough to be able to teach people or to say that I'm anything near a pro. But, like, you can do it, though, right? I just kind of mess with stuff until, like, I picked up that little soundboard and 
I just kind of messed with it for like an hour until I, stuff kind of sounded good to me. Yeah. Because I, when I took it out of the box, I was like, okay. And then I was like, oh, why does it sound like this? Like, oh, there's too much reverb here. And then like trying reverb? to. You're adding reverb to your podcasts? <sighs> no, it, I don't want to. Hello, just, hello, hello. I know, yeah. I was That's like, delay. no, I don't, I don't want to do that. So I was just like, how can I make it sound? So I just kind of messed with it for like an hour until I was like, okay. And then I try to keep it exactly the same since that time. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, the only thing that I can even somewhat say I'm decent at in the technical aspect is the like video editing stuff because I used to oh, yeah. do video editing. It's all valuable information to be able to know like, it, it helps you become more self-sufficient yeah when it comes to like producing your own stuff and right. then when you when you learn like it's really not hard to EQ at all like when mm-hmm. it comes to like like let's say you have a shitty microphone and it picks up a lot of like low signal or like like um not low signal but like low frequencies yeah all you would have to do is do like a, a high pass so basically that's just like cutting off the low frequencies and then letting the highs pass. I don't know how to do any of that shit. The only reason why I know, like, I know a lot of this stuff because of like personal experience, like with the making making the music. Yeah. But also now I go to now I go to school for it. Okay. So now they're teaching me all the technical shit. Like that's how I knew what a cardioid was, and like that's how I like yeah. I know how a microphone works. That, that shit is still completely foreign to me. I don't know anything about that whole world of it. I, Honestly, you don't really need to. No. Like you're just you're podcasting. Well, and that's why one of the biggest things I've learned from like artists or entrepreneurs is you don't have to try to be a master of all crafts. Mm-hmm. Be a master of what you master in and outsource the rest. I mean, a lot of the biggest artists, they have ghostwriters now. They don't even mm-hmm. write their own shit. They just specialize in making their voice sound the best it can. Yeah. Um, or TV producers or even podcast producers. I mean... Take Joe Rogan podcast. The only thing he does now is go on there and talk to the person. He has people to edit for him. He has people that cut it, make the Joe reels. Joe is cool. Yeah. He's, I like what he talks about. I like what he's into. Oh, yeah. I like, you know, all that DMT shit. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know about this stuff? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I listen to his. There's, there's a couple of other podcasts that I listen to that helps me get inspiration from mine. But a lot of those other big ones, the reason why it, it is such a hard thing to start is because, yes, you do have to do it on your own. But for them, they can also now get to a point to where they get to outsource everything that they don't know to someone else or who can do it better. It's because they make enough money to be able to do exactly. that. Exactly. But, like, if you don't have money, you better learn the skills. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you don't have to try to be the absolute, like, da Vinci of it. You don't have to be, like, the best of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm like, as long as I can get the job done and produce something out there, I'll do that. Yeah. I'd rather get stuff out there practice along the way make the mistakes and then later down the line when the podcast is bigger but okay cool i have a budget of a hundred dollars a month that mm-hmm. i can dedicate to outsourcing this to some guy in fiverr or something that's like fiverr, oh, yeah that's a good story. yeah like it's like hey can you edit this or can you get the reels done or kind of doing that kind of stuff so i don't know it, it's a it's a journey but it's a fun journey type shit type yeah. shit <laughs> So is is it Satori? Is that so? That's just a word that I that means like instant enlightenment. Okay. It's not my name. I go by Alias or Ace. Um, okay. But those aren't my real names either. Um, I'm not the like. I only tell people who like get to know me my real name. 
just because like my government name i never went by that my whole life really i've always had a nickname for that and i went by the nickname for that like my whole life up until like the end of high school and then i like ended up just going by ace because i ended up like getting in the music scene as alias Mm. but then people kept calling me alice and i was just like that's not how you (laughs) say it that's like i just wanted to avoid it so i was like you know what i'm ace nice to meet you like it just made it easier for me and others because like it's it's like i i don't get embarrassed but i feel secondhand embarrassment when they say it wrong i'm like oh they said it wrong <laughs> when they say um alias wrong yeah like, like, when they alice, say, like alice yeah wow. i'm just like there's i a c e yeah alias like alias you yeah. know what i mean like are you are you missing the a i don't know anyways <laughs> satori is just uh a word that i really like so which name do you release music and stuff under? Alias. That's Alias. Yes. Okay. So is that, do you go by Alias across the board for like DJing? Because I, I know you do, you're a singer, you're a DJ, and then I know, there's like six things that you said that you do. I do a million things. I'm the Ace of Spades, Jack of Trades. Like. Ace of Spades, Jack of Trades. Yeah. I do a lot of stuff just because I know you were talking about outsourcing, yeah. but like I don't have the funds to outsource. But I have the time, and well, not necessarily, but I have more time than I have money. Yeah. Um. So I just I would rather like be self reliant. And what's the harm in learning a new skill? You yeah. know what I mean? It makes you more marketable. It makes you more valuable as a, an artist or right. as somebody to work with. And um, it's also like if I need to, like I can do little side things like I know how to edit videos I know how to shoot music videos like Mm. I know how to use a camera and photography so if anybody needs a photo shoot or video like I can also do that but Mm. that's not like my main thing like I just do a lot of things but I prioritize a couple things okay so for those who don't know who you are go ahead and introduce yourself under whichever name that you want the general public to know okay and then what you do who is should I say alias or should I say ace? Who is alias? Who is alias? Okay. Who is alias? Okay. <laughs> I am a person of many identities. I I can't really give you a straight answer on that because okay. I feel like people are constantly evolving into... I feel like a lot of people are many different people at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I would personally say that I am that way just because I can be like... I'm like a mutt. Of personality like I can be one way but then if I get in a different mood I can be another way hmm. and like like I'm chill now but I can be really like cracked out sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so like it's just like you never know who you're gonna get sometimes um, like when and it's also like dependent on who I'm with as well like hmm. whose energy my energy is interacting with as well so it just really depends but um, basically like hi guys my name's alias I, I'm a recording artist, but also learning how to DJ, and I also rap here and there. But that's that's another thing that I'm also working Rapper on. Rapper too. Yeah. Okay. So um, I would just say that I I'm an artist. I'm not gonna say I'm a singer or a rapper or a DJ. Like I don't think one name fits all. Mm-hmm. I think the one name that would fit all is an artist because an artist is not a particular thing it is just means like i'm a creative like a creative person somebody who's interested in a lot of things like a polymath so i would say i'm 
a creative polymath. What's a polymath? I've never heard of that. Somebody term. who's interested in like everything and like n- like wants to learn about everything. I didn't know there was a term for that. I just thought it was like ADHD or something. <laughs> I have a- <laughs> I have ADHD. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's called polymath. Yeah. Okay. If you want to look up the term like right now, you can. My, my son's recording. Oh, uh, I'll look. Yeah. Up, I'll look it up for you. <laughs> just so just so I can be uh, exact about it. I don't want to tell you anything that I don't for real know. So a polymath. Okay, but. I know that most of your career does lie in the music industry, though, right? Yeah. So a polymath is a person of wide-ranging knowledge or learning. Okay. I can definitely relate to that then. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's not just like an artist that's indecisive about what they want. It's music for you. That's your main language. That's the main, um, I guess, medium that you could say that you express your creativeness. Yes, because, well... I would say, like, the fundamental of that mm-hmm. would be, like, language, like, writing okay. and poetry. Because I can, I'm very good with words, so I can write very well, but writing goes into the music. And I, like, I've always loved to sing and always loved to, like, express myself through music. So that was just, like, what I've always wanted to do and be known for. Okay. Um, but when I was younger, like, I always wanted to be an actress, too. And, like, I wouldn't put it past my future self. It's just not the main thing I want to do right now. Yeah. I got piercings in my face. I got tattoos. <laughs> There's not very many roles that I can fill. But you know how, like, Dominic Fike did, like, the Euphoria yeah. one? And he has, like, an apple face tattoo. Like, it's, like, the apple logo on his face. I didn't even... He literally has that. Was but that, he, like, he in was... the, not in the first season? No, it was in the second... Or I don't oh, know how okay. many seasons there are, but it was in a later season than oh, the first okay. season. No, I, I didn't even think I finished the first season. So. Oh, you're missing out. It was too much for me. I Too I much was, drama? I don't know. Anytime I watched it, it would give me, like, a mixture of anxiety with depression, but making me feel bad about myself for some reason. I don't know. It just didn't give me, like, Happiness? good feeling. or Yeah. Happy. When I, I like watching something that makes me feel empowered or that gives me a sense of that there's almost a relatable sense to the story, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, obviously, not every movie is going to relate like that, but, like, I love underdog stories. I love... Oh, really? Um, Do you feel like an underdog? Is that why you... Oh, yeah. That, I've, I've definitely had that underdog complex. A lot of the reason why people connect to uh, characters is because they relate with them, and mm-hmm. the key to, like, a really good story is building characters that people can connect with. Right. Because if you're not connecting with characters and you're not giving like a well enough backstory, then there's not really much grounds on right. to, because like you know people make society, and if you're not like making like people are the grounds of everything in this world, mm-hmm. so everything is based on people and perception, and so if you're not making a character, like if your characters aren't relatable, you have no tv show you have no story like if it doesn't like if it doesn't um include like certain uh like pillars or virtues or like um values i guess Mm -hmm. like then that people like that are universal to people then it's not going to be something i think it also needs to be able to have balance in it though it can't be only based in one specific type type of emotion. That was, I think, one of the big things with Euphoria is it was a very dark show, and it didn't really balance it out with anything light in it. Like, a lot of 
even like horror movies and stuff, they'll have extremes, but they always kind of bounce back to a middle ground a little bit to kind of give you a little of a bit like, of like, like an emotional break. Like, yeah, emotional break. Be able break. to kind of be like, oh my gosh, that was intense, but now I can kind of breathe a little bit. I can do Don't that. Don't scare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, or even just like super funny movies. Like they're mm-hmm. not even funny 100% of the time. They have some dark moments sometimes in them. That's what makes it funny. Exactly. <laughs> and so I think that was the thing with Euphoria with me was the fact of I didn't feel any sense of breaks. The only break that I found was between episodes. Like between like, episodes yeah it was like are you constant. still watching <laughs> um i think that i really liked euphoria just because like when it was coming out like i was in high school mm. so i was relating with the characters yeah. um and uh basically uh i i kind of like i think that euphoria like really shines light on certain topics mm-hmm. that like not a lot of people like really it was like a taboo shed light thing. on yeah like taboo like um with that one girl i forgot her name but when she was like when she was like i think she was like talking to like a pay pig or like a sugar daddy or mm-hmm. something like that like she was like underage but she was like selling her like yeah selling her nudes to that guy or something in like the second season she was like being really kinky or something i don't know but like that's something that people do like that's oh, yeah. that's something that girls minors do all the time and it's just like it's so crazy that they would actually put it in the show because like how do you know that mm-hmm. like how do you know that they do that yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like i've known way too many people who do that and uh it's just crazy that they would like you know make it out there yeah and i definitely did relate to a lot of the stuff that happened in the show but i think i related too much in some instances and it was like triggering in a lot of um, different ways yeah. Um. Like, there's a like. Uh, have you seen Shameless? I tried to watch it. I tried to get into it. I couldn't get into it. And see, and that's how a lot of people are. That was the show that I related to the most, and that was the show I was obsessed with the longest time because there were so many different personalities, and there wasn't just like one character I had to focus on. There was multiple characters, but with the center of like one character that I was like, I can envision myself in that, or mm-hmm. their situation, I can relate to a lot. With Euphoria, there wasn't a specific character in there that I was like, I can relate to that. I mean, you're not a teenage girl. And exactly. also, yeah. like, I think it's meant for, like, teenage girls. Because yes. that's, like, the whole cast, basically. Yeah. And it's it's literally based on drug addiction, toxic love, and all the shit that girls romanticize. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, because I've known so many people like, uh, the, like Rue, the mm-hmm. character that Zendaya played. Um, like I know people who have struggled with stuff like that and um, people with mental issues and um, like they just touch on a lot of stuff and like I appreciate them for that because it's like if not you then who like if not them then who you know what I mean and it's not to say at all that it's a bad show I think it's an amazing show to be honest probably a show with the best soundtrack I've ever heard Mm -hmm. Um, but like it's a very well produced show it's a very informative in its own way and i i think it's an amazing show i just can't watch it like mm-hmm. and that's that's a whole thing with art is it's a very subjective thing that's why i, Everything I can't is subjective. i can't be like your music sucks because to me it might suck but to somebody else it might think it's amazing yeah and that's i was what, just thinking about that yeah or in a show i think one show is absolutely amazing and i'm like everyone needs to watch this but then someone else watches it and they're like i can't i don't see it i'm like Okay, that that's fair. 
Um, mm -hmm. So when it comes to you, Alias, I know that a lot of the current outlooks and current um, expressions, especially in the creative outlet, come and stem from childhood or just an upbringing. And I'm kind of curious about the upbringing for you a little bit. Uh, whatever you're comfortable with going into, um, however far back you're willing to go, um, just to kind of give a little bit of like a relatable sense to people um, mm -hmm. that can possibly understand where you came from um, and to kind of make sense of this person or sitting here with me now. Give up now. <laughs> give up now. You're never going to figure me out. Anyways, um, so I'm from Florida originally. I was born and raised in Tampa, but I moved. Okay, so I was born in Tampa, and then I've, I was raised in Pasco, but I moved around my whole life. So every single year, I was moving to a different school, a different house. Uh, like with, okay, so my parents were never together, hmm. so my mom would move me around a lot. My dad's house was always the place where like we'd stay for longer, but he would only really move because my mom was moving and he needed to be close to me. Mm. So I have two very loving parents to, um, like they've both been in my life. I've had honestly a great childhood where I've been protected and supported and provided for. So like I'm, I'm good when it comes to like stuff like that, like my childhood, like I've never really experienced like childhood trauma. Mm never had to deal with any like abuse or anything like that which I'm so grateful for like there's so many people that deal with stuff like that and I'm just so grateful that I was in the like my cards like the deck of cards you know what I mean like mm -hmm. I just got a good hand you know what I mean when it comes to that like I was never impoverished but I was never rich we were just like middle class moving around and stuff um and yeah that's basically it uh then around freshman year of high school i moved out to arizona and then i've lived here ever since when you say that we'll never be able to figure you out is that a purposeful thing that you want to have people be challenged by or is that just uh it just so happens to be that way i think it's up to the observer okay uh just because like you'll never be able to figure me out because I can't even figure me out. I'm such a, like, people are dynamic. People aren't machines. Like, right. we're constantly uh, ingesting information and spitting it back out and uh, remixing ideas. And, like, you're constantly changing. You're constant, your identity with yourself is constantly changing. Um, and so I think that, Nobody will be able to really figure me out because as soon as they think they figure me out, I'm on to the next thing. Hmm. So it's like you can tag along for the ride, but you'll never like know me and then be like, oh, you're predictable. Like, yeah, I asked my best friend the other week. I was like, do you think I'm predictable? And she was like, <laughs> not at all. I was like, OK, for sure. For sure. What do you attribute that unpredictability to? I have no idea. I'm just like, I'm just like, all over the place. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I would just say that I'm unpredictable because 
I I wouldn't say that I like to stay in the same place a lot, like mentally or physically. Like I like to move around. I'm like nomadic when it comes to things. Like if I go to a party, for example, this is just a small example. But if I go to a party, I'm not going to be sitting in the same spot with the same people. Hmm. Like I'll probably detach from whoever I came with and walk around and explore and meet new people. Like that's just how I am. So um, what was your question again? How, like, where does it come from for you oh, to be kind from? of like this detached in a way or this like unpredictable? Um, do you think that it's has anything to do with like not being able to commit to something or is it just you just have a very adventurous personality? It's not, I'm not non committal, I'm just spontaneous. Yeah. So I, I, it's more like an adventure thing, like. I like to mix it up and keep it interesting. Okay. Just because I get bored easily. And I do want to remind you that none of this is an objectifying thing. It's not me. Oh, no, I know. It, it's purely based, like, I have different things that I've learned in psychology, especially uh-huh. I'm with, very into psychology as well. With me being diagnosed with ADHD, mm-hmm. I didn't want to take that as a blanketed statement of, like, who we have ADHD. I was like, what does that mean? What does it mean to have ADHD or what does it mean to have these things like what happens in the brain physically to make me have this kind of thing and then that's when I learned about how can you tell me <laughs> like I'm trying to figure it out um so what I found out is it has to do with your prefrontal cortex and the ability to process the dopamine levels so okay. we're constant dopamine chasers which oh. is why in my instance I move on to so many different things because I'm moving on to the next thing that's going to trigger that happy chemical uh-huh. in your brain yep and so in my instance that's why I chase so many different careers so many different things because my brand's always asking okay i'm kind of bored of this what can i do to spike another thing of dopamine (laughs) because the receptors in my in my frontal cortex aren't always like they're not able to if you're not getting enough stimulation like yeah like i don't think like i've never been overstimulated unless i was on like some sort of psychedelic or something like Mm. that but like if i'm sober there's no way you can really overstimulate me unless it's like too loud or my ears hurt yeah or something like that but like i love stimulation and i feel like i actually constantly need stimulation and it's actually kind of like a bad thing because like why should i need anything like i feel like desire is just like the root of all suffering depending on the desire but i agree because like if you want something and I don't know, like, if you want something, you'll suffer if you don't have it. And so if you just eliminate your desire for things and you stay in the middle of the circle, mm-hmm. then you'll be fine. Hmm. I take that as immediate desire is part of the root because when you take that and compare it to, like, delayed satisfaction, if you can delay an instant gratification thing and reward for something greater but that's not instant – that typically can have a greater outcome. Desire is nice to feel. Like mm-hmm. it is it is amazing to feel desire. Yeah. It is um it's amazing to feel desired. Right. Uh I think I don't think desire is necessarily evil, but I just know like objectively that desire itself causes suffering because of the fact that like if you're not instantly I don't know. I feel like like my generation, mm-hmm. we were raised on instant gratification. Yeah. On uh, social media. Uh, just a bunch of things that condition our brains 
to be instantly gratified. Oh, absolutely. And if you don't get that, then you desire it. And if you don't have it, you desire it. And then if you get it, you get the dopamine. And then if you don't have it, you don't have the dopamine anymore. And it's just a constant cycle. So I think delayed gratification is very good for training your brain, training Mm -hmm. yourself to be patient. Well, I think patience is the key. But training yourself to, like, regulate your own, like, self-discipline. Yeah. 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 You, you mentioned something that really clicked with me, which was the overstimulation part. Because for me, I almost tend to work better being more stimulated. I have a sense of chaos personally mm-hmm. when there's no stimulation. I need yeah. some sort of, like when I'm yeah. going to bed, I can't just go to bed in, in pitch silence? black silence. Nope. My, my, <laughs> I'm like, this, is, this silence is too no. loud. Yeah, I need to have some sort of white noise. I need to watch something before I go. I need to read. Like I need something to happen before, which that something kind of is what helps trigger the relaxation for me. Um, I listen to like fans. Like I have two yeah. fans in my room, and I just like put them yeah. on before I go to bed. I literally open my window so that I can hear whatever's going on outside, and that's why <laughs> I have to like live in the city or something. Because I'm like, if I live all in the middle cats. of the woods, all I can hear is wind going through trees. And I'm like, no, I need to hear cars going i need to hear whatever going on but like that overstimulation even like my entire childhood had like when i look back on it i had massive amounts of overstimulation anything from concerts to constantly going to this place or like growing up whenever in the car my mom loved loud music so i'd have i got addicted to that like Mm -hmm. super loud music with the bass that's feels like an earthquake and stuff love and that like between my mom and then my other friends like that that was the thing it's like mm-hmm. that was how you kind of presented yourself as cool is how loud can your sound system go and so having that constant overstimulation for me now it's like when people ask me how do you work under stress i'm like i need stress to work yeah i need something i need to have something that's continuously grabbing those dopamine particles or whatever i'm not a psychologist so i can't fully go on the whole science mm-hmm. tangent but just what i've been, learned and stuff i need something that's constantly feeding that dopamine receptor and that's one of the reasons why i do have to go on like even with my phone having to go on periods of time without social media mm-hmm. without anything i'm the same fucking way um because i learned that our receptors are actually in a wave form so the higher oh. you go for stimulation um the lower you'll dip so there's a a line so when you have something that has major stimulation, you go up really high. Reuptake. But then, Do you listen to Andrew Huberman? Yes. That, that's, that's where yep, I learned that's it. That's where I learned that too. Um, but th- it doesn't, there's like a baseline, but then the higher you go, the further below. That's why things like cocaine or those stimulants are so bad because they make you feel super high up here. But then yeah. they don't go back down the baseline. They, they dip, just dip below. below. Yeah, and then they, they lower or they higher the new baseline. They exactly. heighten the new baseline. And that's like, that's why like, I'm that's why uh, well, first off I don't do I don't do stimulants mm-hmm. just because like first of all if I have ADHD I don't think they're gonna really do anything to me like caffeine does enough to me and like I just don't think it's really gonna affect anything because mm-hmm. if I'm up then I'm already up like when I'm sober you know mm-hmm. what I mean like I'm like you I know prefer what I mean? the like, natural high to anything yeah a natural high is always like the best and the most euphoric but on the topic of like going up and then going down like I know, well, not, I don't know. In in the recent weeks, I've realized that if I have a really, really good day, mm-hmm. I'm going to have the shittiest day tomorrow. And I think it's just because of, like, my serotonin yeah. and my dopamine. Like, 
rushing in and you know being like oh we're having a good time but then like i'm not gonna have the same amount tomorrow so i'm gonna feel like shit it's literally always how it goes but the way that i learned to combat that was that um i just need to be more sober because i have like this love-hate relationship with marijuana yeah and i think that marijuana just goes into the dopamine thing because right as soon as I smoke it, I feel love. And then yeah. it's just like down from there. And then I'm like, fuck. And then I swear my mental health suffers from using marijuana. Like, I wish it didn't because yeah. I love the act of smoking. I love the vibe of like smoking a blunt after work or like, you know, smoke, sharing a joint with some friends right. or something like that. But I just don't think it affects me the way that it should. And I honestly have a better time being sober. And also, I'm like, I'm more clear headed mm-hmm. and I'm happier. And also, like, if I'm like, like, I just know what I'm feeling is real. Yeah. Like, I don't have to second guess myself. Like, weed, like, puts so much doubt into my self identity. It's not even funny. Like, really? it makes me, like, doubt myself. And, like, it, it fucks with my self love, to be honest, because I don't know. I don't know why it does that. But, when I'm sober, I'm like, I'm like chilling. I'm cooling. What do you mean by it, it fucks with your self love? Does it just like insert certain thoughts that make you not as confident with who you are? Yeah, like second so guess myself. Like, hmm. uh, I'll look at myself and be like, damn, I'm ugly or something like that. Really? You know what I mean? Like everyone, even the most beautiful people find flaws in themselves. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like everyone thinks they're ugly in some sort of way, but um, what's it called? No, like, when I'm sober, like, I'm just so much more, like, myself. Mm-hmm. And I have a better relationship with myself because I'm more tapped in with myself. When I'm smoking weed and high, I'm just kind of, like, detached from myself. And I'm more focused on the outside. Like, more self-conscious. Yeah. And that's not how it should be. I personally don't have any harsh feelings towards marijuana as long as it's not abused. And for me, anything can be abused. I've had friends, though, that have had full-on addictions to marijuana. They cannot leave the house sober. They cannot, like... I understand that, like, what it's like. Like, I've seen them going through the marijuana detoxes. Mm -hmm. I have a friend right now that's going through marijuana detox, and regardless of if people think that's true or not, like, it's still... I've I've been under the influence myself. I know exactly how it feels. There is a certain euphoria that you get from being like that, and it Mm -hmm. can be very addicting. Mm-hmm. being able to let go of all your problems for a little bit and not having like the thoughts of that's another thing yeah where like i think one of the problems with marijuana is or even just drug use in general is that like you have a like uh you have less of a relationship with it or not you but me personally i have less of a relationship with myself because of the fact that I'm not being forced to face the things that I need to face. And instead, if I don't want to deal with that emotion, I can just get high mm-hmm. and forget about it and not have to deal with it for right now. But when I don't smoke, it's just like I have to sit with it. And I think that's like really important though. So like for self-development, like I've just like I just started a new phase in my life. Like, okay, so I go through phases. I don't know if it's an ADHD thing or not, but I go through like phases of like and that's why I also said, like, you'll never be able to figure me out because mm-hmm. I just adopt new ways of thinking. 
and then like that's how that's like my new philosophy or yeah. stuff like that because you know constantly learning but also like just like um entertaining ideas you know what i mean entertaining I that, lifestyles and experiencing stuff but um yeah i have i got into a new phase of my life recently where i'm just ready to like cut the shit like cut the fucking shit and i'm ready to just like raise my vibration and do better and be better be better version of myself and stop living in an old lifestyle that wasn't getting me anywhere and a big part of that like a big attachment to that old lifestyle that i have so much nostalgia for Mm -hmm. is marijuana and so i think the first step for changing my life is to cut out marijuana just to look out for my mental health and um yeah like just to change my life when you say cut the shit and kind of change everything other than like marijuana what kind of stuff are you referring to with like cutting it out and just changing about yourself like there's just certain desires that people may have Mm -hmm. that may not be the best for your personal health and your mental well-being and your physical well-being and certain habits that you may have formed that may not be good for you in the long run or may not be what is beneficial for the life that you for the vision for the life that you are trying to live or the the life that you want to have you know what i mean so there may be like certain things that are just lower vibrational that aren't highest virtue in my opinion i don't want to like say any specifics yeah just because i don't want people to take it the wrong way no no whatever that's understandable but or yeah like i just don't want to get too too personal mm-hmm. um but yeah there just may be certain habits or certain things that you do that'll limit you or hold you back from being the best version of yourself so for you specifically what does this person look like that you want to achieve to be well it is who i am and who i'm constantly becoming the more that i get in touch with myself um but this person looks like a very hard worker somebody who's uh very um very seasoned when it comes to very knowledgeable somebody who's very knowledgeable hardworking, uh efficient somebody who's um good conversationalist somebody who knows how to get around you know like i don't want to give y'all too many secrets <laughs> but just uh somebody who will to live the life that you vision envision for yourself you got to become the person first before the life follows it you got to be the person that you need to be for the life that you want. And for you, what does this person look like? Like, describe to me... Fine as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> describe to me what she thinks, what her mentality looks like, and what her everyday life might look like. Um, positive. Positive, unmoved. Like, 
like nobody can tell me anything hmm. like nobody can tell me shit about what I'm about to do I'm not even gonna say anything about what I'm about to do I'm gonna just do it you know what I mean like hmm. it's about just actualizing yourself I'm sorry if I'm giving you vague answers no no I'm just curious because I I relate to that a lot mm-hmm. I've, I've I go through many different phases myself but um, I kind of went through a similar phase myself with wanting to be the best person. And for me, there was certain triggers and stuff that made that happen. So, and then there is also a very specific Alex that I see in the future that I want to strive to be. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of guy that I always try to remember anytime that like I start to feel like I'm falling off that wagon or something. I try to visualize that man. The person that you like, are going to become. Would this Alex be doing this right now? Yeah. Would this Alex be thinking this way? Would this yeah. Alex be interacting with these people, saying this stuff, mm-hmm. or having these kinds of things? You got to be very intentional when it comes to everything and every part of your life, like especially what you put inside your brain, mm-hmm. what you allow yourself to think about, who you associate with, what your daily habits are. Do you make your bed in the morning? Like... Just the small things, the the nuances make the bigger picture. And that is, it, it reflects, like it's reflective of the lifestyle that you are and like the person you are. Like mm. the person you are creates the life that you live. Right. And to change your life, you got to change everything about your life. You got to change the places you go, the people you're with, the way you think. Like you got to change everything. And um, you just gotta reach for the, reach for the stars, <laughs> reach for your highest virtue. You know yeah. what I mean? Whatever that is for you. Have you always had this philosophy? Um, I mean, not necessarily. Like, if if you're taking into account that I'm always changing, no. Right. But for a long time, I've had this philosophy. Hmm. Ever since I've gotten more into like more tapped in, like with myself, the universe. Um, you know, and being so like, being so like diligent about like my goals, like my goals are really what's driving me to be like the person I'm supposed to be Gotcha. because I know who I'm supposed to be and I know who I really am to the core, (laughs) but I don't always act that way. And I see myself in the third person acting like a lower vibrational version of myself and I'm mad at myself. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, you're sabotaging yourself. And so I've just, I've come to a point where, like, I've, I've nowhere to turn. Hmm. And I have no other option. And so when you have no other option, you do anything you can. And when you've tried everything else, and there's nowhere to go, then there's nowhere to go but up. Was there a specific event or moment that made this kind of switch flip for you to want to make this change in you? <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I'll just, like, I'll wake up one day and have a different mindset. Like, not not necessarily like a whole kind of different mindset. I don't want y'all to think I'm, like, off the walls <laughs> and, like, I'm, like, unpredictable. Oh, I am unpredictable, but it's not, like, in a, like, a dangerous or crazy way. I'm a little crazy, but 
I don't know. Like sometimes I'll just wake up and shit will be different. And I don't know why. Sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes it's for the worse for real. Because sometimes I'll be like, damn, like I'm really pessimistic today. Like that's not good. But I don't know. I think down to the core of my being, like my soul, I'm striving to be better. Like I could never let myself dip so low because I'm just striving to be better all the time. Hmm. You know? Like I don't give up the idea of my goals or my passions or who I always told myself I want to be. You know what I mean? I, I can't let my childhood me. I can't let my six-year-old self down. She always wanted to be a singer and an actress. I can't let her down. Who am I if I'm not known for that? You know? Hmm. Did I complete my task? Did I do what I was supposed to do in this existence? If I didn't pursue music, you know, like that's who I am. Like that's how I express. And if I did any other way, then I would be cheating myself. If your six-year-old self were to walk in this room right now and see who you are, would they be happy and proud? They'd be like, "Damn, God, you're so ugly. yeah." I don't know. I, I used to think I was so ugly, but I, I had a glow up or whatever. Um, but my six-year-old self was just, she's, she's just like me. I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm kind of a lot more, uh, like experienced now, mm -hmm. but six-year-old me is still me on the inside. Still like happy-go-lucky, genuine, exuberant, um, like just like bouncing off the wall sometimes. Like for those who really know me, like, you know me, like, you know what I'm talking about. But, um... I think six-year-old me would be so proud in what I'm doing. But also, like, I feel like when I was six, I wasn't really here. Like, I was just living in my own little world. Mm. And rules didn't apply to me. I've always been a really rebellious person. Like, you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me shit. Like, I'm going to do what I do, and you're going to deal with it. Like, you're going to get with the program. You know what I mean? That's how I've always been. All, like, obviously, like, through like growing up in domestication, I've learned that sometimes I gotta put a filter on it or sometimes I gotta uh, play the game. But I've never liked to be controlled or told what to do. And uh, I don't think I ever will. Does that stem from anything or is that just a natural? It's just an innate thing. I, I've asked myself the same question, like why am I like this? Mm -hmm. I think it's just natural. Like some people are just naturally more things than other things, you know what I mean? Like, some people are just naturally quiet. Some people are just naturally loud. Hmm. Um, I'm just naturally, like, rebellious. Like, I don't want to be controlled. I value freedom a lot. It sounds like music has been a solid medium for you. It's been, like, a big constant since you were very, very young. That's been something that has never changed. What is it about music that connects to you that makes it to where that's the one thing that you you can stick to no matter what? I just feel like when I sing, I feel fulfilled in my soul. Hmm. Like, I could sing, I sing every day, and I could sing all day. Like, that's just something that makes my heart feel like it's it's spinning. You know what I mean? Like a gyroscope. Okay. Like, that's what it feels like in my heart when I sing or when I express in that way 
it just feels fulfilling like to my soul like food for the soul mm. when did you first discover that about yourself it's always been there it's like the universe it's like god if you believe in that like it's always there always been there and will continue to be there there is no beginning there is no end it just is Hmm. our human brains can't conceptualize eternity because we have such black and white concepts in this reality there is always a beginning and end in this reality and we can't think of something that is eternal because we're like well it had to start at some point Mm -hmm. it has to end somewhere what if it doesn't what if it just is we can't conceptualize it like there's no reason like there's no explanation you know what i mean just accept it you know i think that's a hard thing for people to accept is having something like that that's not answerable because humans have a natural desire to find out the causation of something or the reasoning for something to be there mm-hmm that's one of the reasons I feel like even like religion is so hard for a lot of people because if you we're, we're taught at a very young age if you can see it smell it touch it it exists mm-hmm. and so for and a lot of if you can't then it doesn't exactly well not for religious people or people who like have faith or whatever faith I'm not gonna like quote faith but like sorry yeah. but like you know what I mean like not everything is observable Right. That exists. Like, not everything is measurable. And, like, I believe in science. Like, I'm a skeptic, but I also am very, very spiritual. Hmm. Because there's some things that you can sense that you can't measure with a ruler. Like, there's just some things that you just aren't physical. Like, some things just aren't physical, you know? So, like, you can sense it with your non-physical part of you. Because what humans are, what consciousness is, what, what living, what life is. What life is, is the intersection between the physical and non-physical. So there's a non-physical part of you that can sense things that aren't observable in this physical world. And but it's a balance. Like you, there. I don't think there would be a physical world if not for the non-physical world, mm-hmm. and vice versa. The there's a quote in one of my favorite books called the Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu. It, it says, the clay pot is what we make, right? The clay pot is physical. But the empty space is what we use. They have their own relationship. The clay pot is the container. But empty space is what is valuable Hmm. you know what I mean they both have their roles and they both need each other to exist if the clay pot didn't have empty space it wouldn't be a clay pot and if there was no empty space it wouldn't be usable it's a very interesting analogy it does make sense it's just not something that I've ever heard Has this mindset always been how you've kind of thought? Because it seems like it's very outside of the box. Like, 
it's not something I would hear the average person off the side of the road saying. I'm not the average Joe. <laughs> so you you definitely strike me as someone who doesn't care at all about how others think of you. How do you... I would say that part of it is there and part of it just most of it isn't. Like my whole life, I've never really cared at all. Like as a child, I never gave a fuck. But I feel like through criticism, mm -hmm. people outside of me have created insecurities. And I feel like that goes with everyone. Like you got bullied as a kid, now you're insecure about X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? So I feel like naturally, I do not care. But I feel like the world has inserted certain things through domestication. Um, it happens to everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone has an insecurity. You can't tell me you don't. And if you tell me that, you're lying. Like, for real. And if you think that, you're lying to yourself. I know I definitely have a lot of insecurities, especially that people don't see from the outside because you get Same. really good at hiding it. Because of the fact that I know a lot of other people have insecurities that they don't like talking about. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons I like having this as kind of a voice for it. If you don't mind kind of getting into it a little bit, what are some of the insecurities for you? <laughs> Damn, you airing out my, my shit. <laughs> it's called Unmasked. I'm unmasking you. Airing out my shit. Uh, I would say probably my biggest insecurity is my nose. People wouldn't even notice it. But I have an insecurity with my nose because I have a deviated septum. So part of it is like, like it's not why I have an insecurity, but like I have breathing problems when it comes to like, I can only breathe out of my nose like one one of the sides like at a time. Really? But I just don't like how it like humps over and it's not like, cause there's like a, there's like a, there's like a standard of beauty that we all are used to. Yeah. And what models look like and Stuff like that, it just doesn't match. Like, my face doesn't match that. Like, most of my face does, but my nose is just the outlier. Hmm. And so, I actually have a, a, a septorhinoplasty scheduled for next year. What is that? It's it's a combined procedure of a septoplasty and a rhinoplasty. So, I... they're going to fix my breathing and then fix the uh, aesthetics of my nose. Oh, so, like, I guess you could say a nose job? Yeah, I'm getting a nose job. Okay. Yeah, so that's like... I don't know the, the scientific terms for these things. Oh, no, I'm just being, I'm just being scientific or whatever. <laughs> um, no, but I'm getting a nose job because it's just always something I've hated about myself. It's not even an insecurity that came from anybody else. I just didn't like my nose this whole time. It seems like, it. well, it sounds like it was something that, like you said, there's beauty standards, and so you see pictures of women or what people say is attractive and then naturally we look at patterns of what other people say is attractive so mm -hmm. for a guy chiseled jawline symmetrical face good teeth good this good that regardless of what someone might comment on you you're immediately going to start looking at the patterns between these people that others say is attractive and so it's the same thing for women like you said quote-unquote attractive women have a certain type of nose maybe a certain type of facial shape maybe a certain mm -hmm. type of this that this that and so even if no one was like, hey, by the way, your nose looks too big or your nose looks Nobody's like ever told me that, though. Like Exactly. Every time I say I'm getting a nose job or I want a nose job, everyone's like, no, don't get one. I'm like, bitch, stop lying. Like, stop lying. Like, I know you're just trying to be nice to me right now. But like, <laughs> it's not it's not going to change anything. Like, I'm getting it no matter what. I will be so much happier with it. Yeah. 
honestly, I've had insecurities about my nose too. Really? Yeah. I've, but like your nose, like the tip comes out farther than the bridge. I've always so thought like, it was way too small. What? I, I grew up in a family that had very large noses. Really? And a lot of the more attractive guys that I've been around that women think that they're attractive, one of the first things I've noticed about them is they have prominent large noses. And then there was really uh, another thing, which is the stupidest mm, thing in the world. I like that he can smell better. <laughs> well, there was another, there was a video. I can't remember who, what it was, but it was like one of those like, what is more attractive on a guy or something and then they were saying of how and I know this is the stupidest thing in the world but your nose size is comparable to your penis size I don't think that's true which I don't know how true that it's is it's definitely not true Honestly, I <laughs> that is definitely not true other guys about <laughs> big noses if they have big dicks regardless no of it's the foot size yeah you know what it mean big foot <laughs> big sock <laughs> but it's it's like from those kinds of things like I feel like it almost makes me look more petite because I have a smaller nose. And I no think one's it fits ever, your face. No one ever says anything, but for me, I'm like, I wish I had just a big honker sometimes just to be like, boom. No, 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 So don't. But it's, it's like little stupid shit like that. Like, no one's ever told me that, but then I see the pattern in other women that have said, like, oh, this guy's so hot, this guy's so hot, and I'm, like, looking at them, I'm like, okay, what makes them hot? Because they never say, it's this, 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 and this, and this is what makes them hot. They might say the cliche things of, he has, a good, he has a nice jawline, or I like his facial hair, or he has this. But I'm like, there's got to be something below the layers. You know what it is, what makes somebody truly hot and truly attractive? Tell me. Take note, guys. Confidence is everything. You do not have to be the most beautiful person, the most good-looking, generically attractive. Like, I think people who look too pretty are actually unattractive to me. <laughs> Just because, like, you look almost fake. Like, yeah. you don't look real. And there's nothing special about it that can make me love you for. You know what I mean? Like, but, like, I feel like if you're, like, a, like a, let's say an eight or seven, seven or eight, but you have, like, confidence to the roof, you're automatically a 9.5. So, in your opinion, then, when it comes to that, obviously, too much confidence comes off as cocky. So where, just depends on how you go about it. Where's the line then between cocky and confident? So confidence is like you still are humble. Hmm. Like you don't have like such a God complex. Like I, th I think even just a little bit of a God complex or being a little bit delusional about that is cool. Hmm. Just because it just means like that you shoot for the stars and you, you, um, you, I don't know the words for it, but you just, yeah. you want more for yourself than usual which is fine like being overconfident it, there's nothing wrong with it it just means that you show effort and that you show that you love yourself and I think that's important it's to have self-love um I think I would rather prefer somebody being overconfident than insecure because insecure is one of the most unattractive things you could ever do especially when you're like in a relationship mm -hmm. but to answer your question i think cockiness comes with a little bit of arrogance like you're disregarding something or like you just like you're just like it's like something unattractive about being too cocky like you talk so big and bad but you have nothing to show for it or like you you act like you're the shit but you can't measure up Right. And that's where, like, you'll be cocky. I don't even think being cocky is bad because, like, future, he's cocky. 
but like I find that attractive. I think features <laughs> attractive, but um, but I think the replacement word for cocky would probably be arrogance. I would say. I feel like cockiness also comes from insecurity. Yeah. You're, you're compensating. You're compensating. For, yeah. It's. I feel like confidence is the internal factor of acceptance. It's. Yeah. Having. Yeah non-fragile masculinity and being able to accept things as they are instead of trying to compensate for what isn't there and so in my opinion that's that's why like for me i hate when the guy is cocky because i'm like what are you trying to compensate for are you trying to compensate for the fact that you might have a small penis are you trying to compensate for the fact of you can't do this like i have personally i at least i felt like for a long time i liked confidence but the fact i can't even admit that Kind it makes of it more attractive. Me, kind of gave me that. And it, but it was also kind of going into diving in as, what is confidence for me? And then I listen to these guys that have true confidence, and I'm like, oh, they're not talking about, like, oh, I can beat any guy up here and try not to, like, act alpha. They're over here. Don't like, act that way. It's not cute. No. Like, I would say, okay, so in my, like, off the top of my head, do you know Dak Shepard? No. Um, so he's Christian Bell. You know her, right? No. Oh, okay. Actors. There are these two big actors. Um, I, I listen to Dak Shepard's podcast a lot um, because of the, he's not afraid to get dirty into himself. He's a, he's very open about how he is. But one of the things I appreciate in him that I don't see in a lot of men is his masculinity. He has one of the least fragile masculinities I've ever seen in a man. He's not afraid that's to, so attractive to look a certain way. Or he's not afraid to say something. He'll, he'll be like, yeah, that's a very attractive man. He'll comment on the I love that. Person. If I, okay, okay, listen. If I'm with like a homeboy or something like that, or even like with my dad, if I'm with any male and I'm like, that guy is hot. And they're like, I wouldn't say he's hot. Like, I don't know. Like, if you, say he's sexy. Like, I don't yeah. know. I'm just like, but like, well, people are I, I want you to be literally like, that's an attractive man like say he's good looking like don't act like you can't identify what's attractive and what's not exactly just because it's the same gender and you're trying to not come off as homo homo homosexual yeah and that that's the thing is they don't want to come off as appearing like that but that also stems down to its own thing with like why are they so afraid to be perceived that way and for it's me because you're really gay for real <laughs> I don't know when I when I see guys like that, those are the kind of guys that I'm like. That's what is called as confident. They're not afraid. Like he'll openly say, like, yeah, like my wife has the biggest crush on you, and it's the most adorable thing in the world, or something like. It's because he knows his wife, probably. Like, well, he knows his wife, but he's also confident in himself. He's not afraid of losing her. Like, you can be territorial, but don't be jealous because yeah. being jealous is really unattractive. But one second, I gotta get some water. I'm having a headache, so I'm gonna take this out. Okay, there. we're gonna take a quick pause here, real quick. What are you doing? Uh, Amazon delivery. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not the most glamorous thing, but I'm like, fuck I'm it. I'm about to be a house cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Sometimes <laughs> That's a good pay though. It's sometimes those, like I I don't even care usually about saying what I do because I'm like. I want people to see the true journey and true story of what it looks like going from zero to 100. I've taken videos of me at the lowest points of my housing situation, my financial stuff, of me bartending, of me sweeping at different places. Because I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to be one of those like 
social media guys or one of those like podcast hosts it's like oh he probably he, he got his start in podcasting because he's already famous and rich and all that I'm like no I grew this shit from the ground up I I I want to be able to portray the journey so that others can relate to that journey yeah, so that others that's important. can and it's not even like I don't want people to think a certain way about me I want people to know that even if you do come from that kind of thing it doesn't matter like that whole instant success thing I've learned from listening and watching other people that it's the most bullshit thing in the world it takes 20 years of something for an overnight success yeah. That that's that's the saying that's I'm always so reminded true. on. It's it's not ever like and when you do see the instant success of somebody, it's the most temporary thing in their life. For real, like totally like a lot of the like what is it, blonde barbs or some shit like that or or like Go ahead and get a little closer. I don't know, even um oops, sorry. Even like just like the fifteen seconds of fame people on the internet, like Island yeah. Boys, like you're not gonna go anywhere with that. Like Sorry. all the TikTokers and stuff, the ones that yeah. Go I mean, unless they take that platform yeah. and then go somewhere with it, like yeah. in their own way, like it's a good like push or like lift off. But it's not yeah. gonna like the TikTok thing doesn't last. No, no, um, it lasts if you have already been working at the craft for a long time and you've already put in the work, and that's just the thing that helped launch you a little bit more. Because there's a lot of times to where that kind of platform can give you a life that you weren't expecting. And there's a lot of work behind the scenes that they didn't expect to have to do. And so they're like, oh, shit. I, w- I knew I kind of want to get into music, but now I'm TikTok famous and get my song has one million hits. But then they go to these record labels like, cool, now we need another album that you just that took you four years to do this one. We need another album in three months. And we need you to do three tours. We need you to do this, this, and this. And they're like, hold the fuck up. That wasn't what I was wanting in my head. I wanted what you see Ariana Grande doing. It's like, you realize what she does, right? You get Saturdays and Sundays off. She doesn't. You get these, like, Taylor Swift. When she's on tour, a lot of people, it's like, hate on her. Though, like... She's doing 300-plus tours in one year. Do you, or two, dates in one year. Do you realize of how draining that shit is? It probably is draining. And it's not like little time. It's like those artists, the reason why that they are where they're at is because of the sacrifices that they do have to do in their regular lives. Sometimes I think Uh like, like Billie Eilish, for example, like she was a kid when she blew up Mm -hmm. and when she started performing. It's like, what if she chose to not? Like, what if she just felt like she didn't want to do tours? Like, she didn't want to. Like, she wouldn't have been what she is now. But oh, she, absolutely. She sacrificed her childhood and her, like, regular life to do music. And, like, I think about it. Like, I, I think about that applied to my own life. Like, what if I had the opportunity as a child to do that? Like, would I take it? Or would I just be like, nah, I'd rather yeah. smoke weed and hang out with my friends? I mean, jumping on that bandwagon, same thing with Justin Bieber. He was, what, 12, 13 when he was first discovered? He didn't have a normal childhood whatsoever. In the most influential and important years of his life, he was the face of pop for all of America, especially for those who were younger. That's crazy, bro. Like, you don't even know who you are yet. Yeah. Like, and you're, like, in front of millions of millions of people. Like, how well, do you even, like, grow up? Like, you don't get to make mistakes. Like, you think that being at school and, like, oh, yeah, I have some people that don't really like me and I have some people that I'm friends with. For him, he has half the country hating his guts 
because any guy that was around his age absolutely hated him. Not because he actually was a horrible person. Taking your bitch. Because he, we were jealous. And then you have all these girls that are obsessing over him. Not even just. I like, was obsessed with Justin Bieber yeah. when I was like. Like not even six. just like oh he's cute, but like I want him. Like I will kill someone to be with. him. I used to kiss my poster of him. Exactly. Like, <laughs> could you imagine? I, I couldn't imagine personally being in a situation where millions of people in not only one country but across the globe have pictures of me hanging up in their bedroom. Have pictures of That'd me cool. doing this. Like, it sounds cool, but at the same time, I feel like I'd be a little bit weirded out. Like, I wonder what people are doing to pictures of me. You want an alias poster? <laughs> I'll, I'll take an alias poster. Jeez. Uh, we're actually probably, we're actually working on making, uh, like, shirts. Yeah. With my face on it, and it's, like, really cool. That'd be dope. Yeah. Um, I'm working with, so I'm part of this, like, collective slash label called Ficet. Okay. And so, basically, it's me, my friend Joyce, uh, my friend uh, Vani, and we are all, like, Oh, it's it's who we came with when we did the oh, yeah. open house, the performance. Yeah. Um, but we're all in like a collective together, and uh, Joy is he does a lot of he does a lot of the work. I mean, he's a founder of it, but mm-hmm. um, he'll like make designs for shirts and like he'll he's a really talented musician as well. You but you wouldn't even know it because he doesn't like promote it or put it out there like that. Right. Like, he he's going to he'll have his time but it's just not right now you know what i mean yeah um it's all in due time you guys don't even know <sighs> so with being part of that like label and stuff where do you want your music career to go do you want to be as big as like beyonce type of thing or is it something that you're not even really worried about how big your career will get or career wise like where do you see yourself in say 10 years from now so the thing about that is that um, what I so like I would say that I know what's really important in life and that is happiness. Mm. If I could be successful, success looks like happiness to me. Mm. Now, if we're talking monetary success, that just means comfortable enough to to be free, like financial freedom. Like I won't have to work again if I don't want to. I can just do what I love to do. And that would be success. Like, getting money by existing. That would be success to me. You know what I mean? So, um, I think getting money by existing and finding true happiness and love is, like, utmost success in my book. I don't really care about materials. I don't care about fame necessarily because there's a lot of things that come with fame that aren't the best like oh yeah you get your privacy ripped away from you and honestly i love going out in public and meeting random people who don't know who i am Mm -hmm. and just having potential in people like i love people people are like people feel my happiness when it i'm I'm, now i'm cold hold on (laughs) I need to put this back on. I thought it was getting hot, but it's like, guess it's not. Um, but yeah, no, like, people feel my happiness when it comes to, like, spontaneity or whatever. But um, I feel like if I was, like, Beyonce status, I wouldn't be able to do that anymore. Right. And I would have no privacy. And, like, I just don't think that's cool. I don't think that's cool at all. So I don't really care about fame as much. I just care more about, like, making an impact on people like having a big platform just because like i know that the things that i stand for are really good 
and I know that if people are just exposed to it then they're more likely to like live a better experience for themselves like I feel like my purpose on this earth is to help people realize themselves and realize their power and realize that they have the capability to be anything do anything and be happy Hmm. and I just want I just want society as a whole like the whole world to be like in a better state of mind state of consciousness um emotional state like I just want everybody to be happy you know so like I think if I was able to have a platform where I could change people's lives through my words or through my messages or through my music that would fulfill me so I don't care about like personal gain as much I just care more about like what was I put here for why did I choose to come here Hmm. you know what is the primary message that you feel that you do express through your music the most my music isn't really like so my music isn't full of those kinds of messages yet Hmm. I'm working on my music I'm actually not going to be performing for the rest of this year maybe even half of next year just because of the fact that if I keep performing this way with the music that I have right now, mm-hmm. I'll be cheating myself and my artist, my artistry. Why? Because of the fact that I don't identify with my music anymore. Not all of it, but like a lot of it. Hmm. I don't even perform most of the songs that I have out. I perform more unreleased shit than I perform that's released. Really? Because of the fact that I feel like in the process of making a song, like it gets old because I have to listen to it so many times. Mm-hmm. And also like it's old news by the time it's out. You know what I mean to me? Cause I'm always moving on to the next thing. I can't just dwell on something. Um, but I feel like I, I've been running. I've been running from the music. And that's because I've let it come to the point where it feels more like a job then it feels like something that helps me you know like my my relationship to the music hasn't been the best for a long time Hmm. and I've realized that and that's part of what I mean by cut the shit like cut the shit like stop performing you need to really just work on the music and work on your purpose and work on like why are you making music what music do you want to make what what kind of world what kind of empire do you want to build with the music you know what I mean he's like <laughs> I did a photo shoot before this and still have dead grass on me and stuff from <laughs> doing that but yeah no um I just think uh it's time to stop running for myself I am my own worst enemy and um I think that's I mean like I did track in high school so yeah. like she a runner, she a track star. <laughs> it's so funny though, because it's kind of like what I'm, what I really enjoy, which is running. Like I, I love to run. Um, it's, it's kind of metaphorical to how I treat things sometimes. Like, yeah, I'll run from things. So, um, I just need to stop running from myself and face myself and sober the fuck up and like really just cut the shit and have self-discipline and just be the person who will create the life that I'm meant to live 
and the life that is meant to change others' lives. You mentioned some stuff in there that I definitely resonate a lot with, and it's actually an issue that I'm kind of currently in the middle of, especially as an artist, which is sometimes to take one step forward, you need to take two steps back. Um, actually, I think it was the other way around. No, no, yeah. you're right. Um, in order to take two steps forward, you need to take one step back. I think. I yeah, know. yeah. It's either yeah. way, yeah. like either way, it's, it feels like, like I'm taking a bunch of steps back, yeah. but like I'm actually taking a step forward. As a as a music person, or as like a singer, as an artist, I can only imagine how hard it is for you to have to not perform. Like it, that almost kind of I feel like it becomes part of your identity, especially as a musician. Although I might like I don't want to speak on your behalf, but just from talking to previous musicians, that becomes part of their identity, and that's one of the reasons why they end up hiring ghostwriters and stuff because their identity switches from the artistic sense of what they got into music for to being this public figure that everyone sees them as. And I think it takes a huge amount of discipline and self-respect to say, fuck you to the world for a second, to learn more about yourself and to get back into, like, that's when I see artists that have continued to be super present in their work. It's because they've been able to take certain steps back, be able to, you know what, I'm going to not release music for a while. I'm, I'm not going to perform for a while. I'm going to take some time and get back to my roots a little bit as yeah. an actor. I had to do that too. I haven't been on a set in a while, and a lot of times I think back, I'm like, shit, I have all these friends around these sets and stuff, and am I even an actor anymore? And then I have to sit back and be like, no, I'm still an actor. I just have to prioritize shit right now. Just because I'm not on sets every single weekend like some of these other people, I live a different story. I live a different type of thing. Everyone has a different destination, mm -hmm. so everyone's going to have a different journey. Exactly. And that's why you can't compare yourself to people because you're not going to be ending up in the same place. Like You probably don't even want to end up in the same place that they want to end up. Right. You know what I mean? Like You guys don't want the same thing. I don't think anybody wants exactly the same thing for themselves. So I think like it's just important to realize that you are unique and you have to do what you got to do for yourself sometimes. You don't ever feel a sense of embarrassment of kind of the situation you're at right now, right? Not embarrassment. What do you mean? Especially when it comes to the music industry. I know that, like, when it comes to, like, comparing yourself, I had that issue for the longest time of, like, oh, I wish I could have gotten into it when I was younger, or there's these people that are way younger that have way more success and it made me feel even shittier about myself. The fact that like I'm in my mid twenties and there's people with way more success and that was a huge thing I had to overcome is comparing my success to others, especially at mm -hmm. certain ages. Is that something that you deal with as well? I'll see people on Instagram. Like there's this girl named Dina Ayala and she's like my age and she's like doing tours with little TJ. Mm -hmm. but the difference between us is that she has a lot more music out and we have completely different sounds Yeah, and she probably started a lot younger than I did and we probably had different childhoods and we probably just are different people at the end of the day so her journey and her destination is different than mine and I have to realize that you know I'm going to be making my own lane which requires different conditions mm. so I'm not going to ever try and compare myself like it happens naturally because humans are naturally compare and contrasting. 
things all the time, like organizing things. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to like realize like you're meant for a different destiny and you should never want to be the same as anybody else. That was something I had to come to realization too. I had to look at some of these other like child actors and look and see like, yeah, obviously they had their own stuff, but I'm like, oh, what was I doing and how was my life different at that point when they were kind of getting their start? And it's at that point that I'm like, oh shit, okay. I did the best that I could mm-hmm. with the resources and the life that I was given. And the, and the opportunities. Yeah. Like, like success has a lot to do with the people you know, the luck you have, mm-hmm. and the deck you're given. So I feel like success comes in many different forms, and it can't be defined as one thing, but... There's just a lot of things that go into success that are variables. I agree. I This is kind of a repetitive question, and I think that you've already answered it a little bit. Um, but asking this as the direct question, I kind of want to see if it is a different answer because it's something I ask. It, it started to become kind of a trademark of the show because of how different everyone's answer is. Mm-hmm. For you... What is your perfect definition of success? What does it look like? And what needs to happen to you in order to achieve that if you haven't already? I definitely have answered this question in depth too. Um, I would just say that I just need to stop running from myself, cut the shit, uh, have um, self-discipline, self-love, and then... I would have to just become the person of my highest virtue to live the life that will create the most happiness for me. And if I can change other people's lives in the process, that will be awesome. Uh, but other than that, like that's all that really matters in this human existence. Mm. Like all that matters is is realizing yourself and helping other people realize themselves I like that well Elias I appreciate you coming on here a lot kind of letting us get a little bit deep into who you are even though it changes a lot Um, but regardless there's still someone I feel like that we did get to know here and I truly do appreciate you get or like you kind of explaining all that to everyone else and there was a lot of wisdom that we both got to share on here that I feel like could be extremely valuable to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any shout outs or any type of thing that we didn't talk about that you want to make sure gets mentioned? Um, I don't know. I would just say keep your eyes peeled. Because even though I am taking a step back from performing, I will never take a step back from my passion. And I have big plans for the future, Mm. especially next year and the year after that. So I would just say stay tuned 
and um, we'll get right back to the. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just like you know, keep your eyes peeled, and I promise, big things are soon to come. Heck yeah! Do you remember your little outro? And today, I have been unmasked.